Welcome to the Seek 24 podcast. I'm John Michael Lucido, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast is a place of community, collaboration, and inspiration created to invite and encourage you deeper into relationship with Jesus. So here we go. Hello, I'm Dr. Greg Bataro. I'm the founder and director of the Catholic Psych Institute. I'm a Catholic psychologist, and my mission is to integrate the faith with the science of psychology. We know that there's a tremendous mental health crisis. It's getting worse every day, it seems, and we need direction. We need help, and that's what we are aligned to provide. By bringing in the truths of our faith, we are able to give direction to the world in how lost it is. There's no clear, cohesive standard of what mental health, what, what health is supposed to look like when it comes to the person and that holistic vision of body, mind, and spirit. So that's what we do at the Catholic Psych Institute. My beginning was, was the inspiration of meeting uh, and, and listening to the words of St. John Paul II. And I feel really bad for the youth of today because they didn't get to have St. John Paul II as their pope. And so I like to share as much as I can from those blessings and recall as much as possible what it was like when I was a freshman in college to when I had my, my real conversion and, uh, and came to know his, his work through his writings, Love and Responsibility, Theology of the Body. And it was uh, a culmination of what actually began in three years prior to that in high school when I went to World Youth Day in Paris. Paris, if you want to know the details, it was 1997. So that's when I was in high school and uh, got to hear and see in person the great St. John Paul II. And those, those moments seared into my soul an inspiration and an, ex- an encounter with Jesus that, that stick with me every day. And it's because of his vision and his heart and his, his mystical uh, transformation and, and communication of Christ that I knew this was going to mark the rest of my life. And I had no idea what that could possibly look like or mean, but I knew that it was going to be my life. St. John Paul II had this amazing uh, heart for the youth. And his whole life was spent being with people, being with young people, married people, families. And even though he was uh, very serious in his studies as a priest, and 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 he took his vocation, uh, you know, to be a brother priest to other priests, uh, very seriously. He also just loved being with the lady, and especially young people. He loved the outdoors, and he would he would do a lot with hiking, spending time camping, and and uh, being on the water and skiing, being on the mountains, and and he would lead these little retreats. He would take groups of young people up into the mountains to say mass and to just spend time together, uh, even, even without the spiritual overtones. They were just doing human things, but they did them in a Catholic way because they were Catholic. So you go for a hike and then they'd say mass on the top of a mountain. Why not? That's what you do when you go for a hike, right? But that's how he got to know so well, so many different experiences of life. 
so many different experiences of the human experience and, and different variations in working with young people. And the beautiful thing about what St. John Paul II taught and what he saw was that the young people uh, were not to him the church of the future. I think this is a really important point because so many times the youth are talked down to as if, you know, you, you're the future. And, you know, when it comes to business, when it comes to, uh, you know, kind of culture, you know, a lot of times in college, that's more, it's like, we're just, we're preparing you for the future. And okay, maybe when it comes to making money, you know, the money that you're going to make 20 years from now is, is, you know, somewhat based on what you're being prepared for now. Maybe that's true. Maybe you're not. Hopefully the money you're making now is not equal to the money that you're making in the future. But when it comes to the church, when it comes to the most important thing about our world and our life and our existence, our humanity itself, our existence and life of humanity, it's, it's, the, it's to be Christ in the world. And, and this is why we have so many amazing, beautiful examples of saints who were children, saints who were teenagers, saints who were in their 20s. And, and we see, you know, we've had this in our church. And actually, the, the, the World Youth Day that I was at in Paris, it was really beautiful. St. John Paul II focused on the life of St. Therese uh, a bunch. And, you know, she died at, at 24. She's in her early 20s when she had already, and long before that, reached a state of mystical union, long being relative because she <laughs> wasn't that many years. But in her teenage years, you know, she was already talking about things of, of mystical union with God. And certainly there are special graces there. But I think what it points us to is this reality that kids have access to being the face of Christ in this world, not in cutesy little ways or, or unserious kinds of ways, in, in really serious ways, in the serious kinds of ways where, where there are, you know, St. Maria Goretti's in the world, people who are willing to sacrifice their own lives for virtue. And this is, this is no laughing matter. This is no joke of, you know, some cutesy thing it's like it's like kids are are talked uh, talked about and talked to like like it's got to be just the you know the the schoolroom the playroom like it's preschool. I mean we're 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 talking about saints. We're talking about I had this I had this experience once I was in the cathedral in New York and I remember watching all of these uh there was a number of bishops and and a lot of priests there and and they were uh it was actually a a celebration that they were including they did talk about saint therese there as well and i was just thinking all of these men in their in their uh, you know in their garb in their beautiful religious garb and all of the pomp and circumstance that surrounds rightfully so uh, the reverence of god but we have you know the incense and the candles and the processions and and all these beautiful flowing garments and and all of these things and surrounded in this great majesty and and then it's to celebrate the life of a little girl 
you know, to celebrate the, the example and witness of children, of teenagers, of young adults. And, and it, it's like everybody in that, in that cathedral, you know, would stop and, and be struck in awe if one of these teenagers showed up and, and was in their presence. You know, but how, how clear does that get articulated in the message of the world and, and even in the church sometimes and in the message to youth? I don't think that the greatness of the call to the youth, to your vocations, is, is really articulated well enough. And, and that's why I, I like to, to bring back what John Paul II taught me which is you are not the church of the future. You are the church of today. And so this is, this is what I think we need to really uh, focus on here. JP2 said before that World Youth Day in Paris, Dear young people, like the first disciples, follow Jesus. Do not be afraid to draw near to him to cross the threshold of his dwelling, to speak with him face to face as you talk with a friend. Do not be afraid of the new life he is offering. He himself makes it possible for you to receive that life and practice it with the help of his grace and the gift of his spirit. Now, in reading some of the the letters and, and um, memoirs of of the spiritual director of Mother Teresa, who who lived a very long life, and and died when she was very old, and so had a, a, a tremendously long experience of growing closer to God. There are actually sentences from her spiritual director to her that basically sound exactly the same. It's, it's the direction given to saints. It's the direction given to mystical saints who have reached the highest peaks of holiness and living out virtue. That is what John Paul II felt was appropriate to give to you. The same direction. It is that simple. It's that simple. And at every step of your, of your life and every step along the way, you're going to encounter within yourself and, and then in your families and your relationships and your jobs and your ministries and, and the world around you reasons to be afraid to go deeper, reasons to hesitate. That is the life of growing in sanctity, becoming the great saint that you're called to become, is to confront those fears and to actually go where Christ is calling you to go. So let me read that quote to you again, because this is what John Paul II sees and is actually calling us to. Dear young people, like the first disciples, follow Jesus. Do not be afraid to draw near to him to cross the threshold of his dwelling, to speak with him face to face as you talk with a friend. Do not be afraid of the new life he is offering. He makes it possible. And this is, this is the new life that's on the other side 
of the fear that you're confronting in this particular moment, in this particular situation. You have to cross over. The fear comes up and then the threshold is presented. And it's a threshold within you that actually is a manifestation of the threshold to enter deeper into the face of Christ, to encounter him and to see him. And he's on the other side of that threshold and he's beckoning to you. He's reaching out his hand and he's saying, come across. He's holding out his hand to give you that support. And you're, you're stepping up to the edge and you're looking down and it looks like an infinite chasm that drops that you couldn't possibly fathom stepping across. It's terrifying. And as long as you're looking down, you're seeing a drop to your death. If you look across, you see Christ's face and he's holding out his hand to you. Do not be afraid to cross that threshold to enter into his dwelling. And that threshold is the fears that you will encounter today. It's that hard conversation that somewhere deep down inside you know that God is calling you to have. It's that, it's that deep attachment that somewhere deep down inside you know God is calling you to let go of. It's that crazy idea that is coming up in your exuberance and your faith and the fire of your passion that you don't see supported by the world around you. Even the Catholic world around you, the adults in your life who maybe don't understand what you are inspired by and what you're being called to do. That is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is radical. The Holy Spirit is, is, is outside the box. He doesn't follow all the rules of our man-made constraints and, and perceptions about what is safe and comfortable. And the youth, you have so much more access to the work of the Holy Spirit than so many others in the world who have been calloused and formed and trained by the brokenness around us. And so now in your, in your exuberance and in your innocence and purity of youth, even with all the mistakes that you may have already made, you have access to that. And that is what God is calling you to. And that means it's a threshold of fear to step across because you are not going to be getting support and validation from every angle. That's the kind of trust that God is calling you to. And that is what he's expecting of you. Not because you're the church of the future, because you are the church of today. You are the face of Christ in the world for everyone else. You are his hands and his feet. You are his heart loving the people of God. And, and we need to know that that's what we're created for. And we need to know that God is not only expecting that of us, but then breathing his life into us so that it is he who is doing that great work. And then whenever you think to yourself that you're not enough, when you think that you're not, you're not experienced enough, you're not old enough, you haven't done enough, you know, and you know, part of you is excited and part of you is going to say like, oh, of course I'm going to do this. I'm amazing. Um, I've got so many great ideas. 
uh, I, you know, old people don't know what they're doing. You know, boom, boomers have no idea. Millennials have no idea. You know, now we, we definitely know the best way forward. Like part of you is definitely going to already be thinking that way. But be aware. And this is where the psychology comes in. This is where it gets interesting. That you, you also, like all of us that have gone before you, will have other parts, other voices, other things that come up along the way that say, yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe you don't have enough experience. Maybe you should tone it down. Maybe your mistakes have already dirtied the water and, and, and thwarted the plan. Maybe you can't actually do this anymore. Or, you know, now you're not being reasonable. You're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about your, your family or support or what's, what's the right way. See, we all have those parts. And, and so I know you have those parts that are saying, and that's where we need to recognize that when we have voices that come up like that inside of us, that's essentially what Christ has already spoken to. When, when he says, my grace is sufficient for you. God is strong in our weakness. And so not only is it okay to have those voices inside of us, it is good to have those voices inside of us. It is okay to confront your weakness. It is okay to feel beaten down. It's okay to feel tired. That is where God becomes strong. And that is how he set us up. He made us that way. He wants us to feel weak. That's the truth. We need him. And when we let ourselves be in that space, but keep looking forward, keep looking at Christ across that chasm, and we see and we find and we feel his hand reaching out to us, and then we hold him, we receive that, and then we let him take us across those chasms to cross those thresholds that we find and that we're afraid of, but we also can overcome because he's the one doing it for us and in us and through us. So, dear friends, young people, embrace and ex- be excited about your youth and, and let it be your trustful surrender and abandonment to God and his glory and his providence and his wisdom that you, he knows where you are right now and he has planned it that way from all eternity. And just like was spoken to Esther, perhaps you were made for a time like this. Because where we are is crazy. But what you're called to is met with even crazier love. And you are able to and expected to and given the power to confront those challenges and overcome them and become saints in the process. So thank you for your witness. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your youthful vitality and energy. And it's what, it's what gives me hope and it gives me energy to carry on to do my mission today as you are doing your mission today. So let's pray for each other and know that I am definitely keeping you all in my prayers and that, that this, is, this is the great work that we are all in this together. Young and old alike, we are the church of today. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening, friends. For more content from this podcast, please click the link in the episode description. And I invite you to come join us in St. Louis, Missouri, 
in encountering the person of Jesus Christ at Seek 24 from January the 1st through January the 5th. For more information and to learn how to register, please visit seek.focus.org.